Catherine uh, has been a big supporter of the Green Podcast. She's been on in the past. Oh. Love chatting with her. Um, we'll get a, there we go. We'll bring Catherine on here. Um, Catherine just has her finger on the pulse when it comes to a lot of trends happening in renewable energy, sustainability, clean tech. And uh, I'm really excited just to learn more about what she's doing, especially when it comes to like jobs and growth in these industries um, and with her company. So Catherine, thank you for being here. How's, how's it going so far? Yeah, good, thank you. That's a, it's a little intimidating. It's a tough act to follow there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, we've been fortunate enough to have some great guests and, and speakers and you know, we're excited to have you here. Um, Catherine, you started Dylan Green as a way to kind of help people find and build their careers in clean tech, renewable energy and sustainability. So can you tell us a little bit about Dylan Green and kind of what your vision was for starting the company and where you want to take it in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So I started Dylan Green because I, I had been in the renewable energy recruitment industry for about eight years at the time. Um, I started the business about two and a half years ago, and I really felt like um, there was uh, an opportunity to focus more on helping women within the industry. Um, I think as my journey through helping women in the industry has evolved, it's also become quite um, apparent that there's a need to help BIPOC candidates in general uh, advance and, uh, and get, get into our space if they're not in there already. Uh, from your experience, is it, what are the trends just in terms of like male, female ratio in these industries? Yeah, well, it's pretty dire. Um, I think the latest stat is, gosh, I didn't know the latest off the top of my head. It would be on like solar foundation or, um, or SIA, the solar energy, uh, industry association, but, I want to say it's something like 10%, 20%. It's very, very low. Wow. And why do you think that is out of curiosity? Well, I think it goes back to STEM, right? Like clean energy is very, is based a lot on engineering, right? So like in engineering roles and it's heavy finance. A lot of you know these projects are very finance, legal. These tend to have been historically industries that men have gravitated towards. Um, you know, I think women are represented in our industry in um, a lot of different ways historically, like maybe more in like support functions rather than lead functions. Yeah, what uh, what's some advice for you have for you or um, for like women who want to get more involved in you know clean tech or sustainability? Like, are there any specific industries that you see are kind of trending up and growing that? If they wanted to go to college for that, like that would be a good path to go towards. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that the in the the piece of clean energy, if you like, that's probably growing the most rapidly and has the most jobs is solar. Mm -hmm. So I think you know, if you were in college and thinking where could I get my first opportunity, I think the solar industry would be worth looking at. Um, uh, there's some amazing organizations that are in this industry, like Women in uh, WEN, Women Environmental Network. They have another, another WEN, which is Women's Energy Network. You also have RISE. You have organizations like CELI, which is Clean Energy Leadership Institute. That organization is, is, is really awesome because what they do is they also help not just 
grads into the space, but they also help people who are career changers. So, you know, I didn't get into renewables till I was 30. Um, so there's a lot of people that start out in one industry and want to pivot, for lack of a better word, into the clean energy industry. So people like CLI are great, organizations like CLI are great to do that. They have um, uh, fellowships as well that you can uh, get involved in. And then there's other organizations that come to mind, like Women in Clean Tech and Sustainability uh, are very, very large. They're um, historically been based in California, but have definitely gotten more of a national presence as COVID has dragged on. Um, so there's, I think, a lot more support than there was, you know, even five, 10 years ago um, in the space for, for women. Yeah, and you know, I'm a huge believer that if you're working in a career that you don't like or you're not interested in, like it's never too late to mm -hmm. pivot and change um, no matter how old you are, honestly. Whether you're 22 and you graduated and you realize you don't like the career path that you graduated with or you're 30 or 35. Um, in your experience, if someone did want to pivot, let's say you, know, you said you wanted to kind of, you made a change at around 30, are there any general sort of tips or advice that you could give to someone who maybe has a different background and wants to get into the clean tech renewable energy space? Yes. Uh, leave your ego at the door. And so this, the number one thing I see with candidates is they do not want to take a pay cut. They don't want to take a, cut, a, a back step in a job title. So they basically want like everything the way it is for their in their current career, but they just want to move that over into renewables. It just doesn't work that way. You know, when I got into the, the space, I went back to school. I was an intern. <laughs> like, you know, I had gone from being like quite a success, had a very successful career to like really having to eat humble pie for a couple of years to get myself back to where I was in my previous career. And I think that, if you're prepared to do that and you back yourself that um, by doing that short term step back will give you a longer term step forward, then I think you'll, you'll succeed. I think the other thing is um, it, it's a numbers game. So, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, I can't find anything. And I'm like, well, this is the hottest job market I have ever seen. This clean energy market is booming. So I'm like, oh, okay, so you can't find anything. Well, how many applications have you done? How many hiring managers have you reached out? And I think what it is too, it's you have to have a very broad approach. Like if you're doing one thing, like, well, I sent my resume to 20 places and nobody responded. Okay, well, how can you send your resume to the same 20 places, but instead of doing it through LinkedIn, can we do it through who's the hiring manager, who's the CEO? Or, you know, I, you have to get creative. And if something's not working, then you have to, try something else. But, you know, this is the perfect time to get into this space. There are so many opportunities and uh, we just don't have enough candidates to fill those opportunities. So we have to get new um, people in. That's such good information. And like, it honestly gives me hope too, because, you know, knowing that other people have successfully pivoted from one field to the next, um, it's, it's really possible for anyone. And, and I agree, like sometimes you do have to take a step back and you know, learn, relearn the basics of a new industry. But then, you know, it's one of those things where like one step back can equal the two steps forward, especially, you know, if it makes you happy and you're working in a career path that you genuinely are passionate about. 
Yeah. Um, I think that makes a huge difference too. And, and me personally, like, and I know there's a lot of other people and statistics have even shown this, like there's people who are willing to take a little bit of a pay cut if it means they're working in an industry or for a company that they're passionate about. And I, I personally think, and I know a lot of people might disagree with this, but I'd rather be happy and work in something where I wake up every day and I'm excited and make a little bit less money than make more money and work for something that I don't care about that I kind of dread going to work every day. So yeah. that's really good information. Just one other thing I'll say about that. Um, so just to your point there, I mean, I think it, it's being having that mission driven ambition, right? So being able to say, I had a hand in building that solar farm, or I had a hand in, you know, um, putting in better energy efficiency equipment in that building. And as a result, people's lives are better for it, right? But I think also just going back to the point on how you can get into the industry, there the, another thing I see that's quite common is people just assume that other people know they want to get into the space. And what I mean by that is regardless of if you're a grad or you're a CEO, um, on your LinkedIn, you have got to have somewhere on there that gives some breadcrumbs to either a recruiter internally or externally that's going to know you're interested. So if you're in a job and you don't want them to know that you're looking, you can be very clever about it. Like I'm passionate about solar, wind, energy storage, renewables, right? Clean energy. So like these keywords that come up on algorithms. So at least then the person you're giving yourself an opportunity that someone may reach out to you because they see that scenario of interest. You know, I also have candidates who aren't working, who are very interested in the space and you couldn't find it on their profile. If you spent all day trying to find it, they have everything but those keywords. And then I say to them, well, how does somebody know that you're interested? And they look at me and be like, Oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> It's like, it seems so obvious, but you know, you got to set your stall out for what it is you're looking for. It's like internet dating. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's smart too, because like I've had jobs in the past that I didn't like working at, but also at the same time, you don't want your employer to find out you're yeah. applying to other places and looking at other places. So I like that, that little tip of like how to kind of hint at it without saying anything too specifically. Um, can you kind of share like a success story in your experience of someone who was able to kind of make that shift or make that, um, that transition from maybe a job that they weren't very passionate about into a new field or industry and found that, that passion and that success? Yeah. So I placed someone who was from oil and gas, um, and they were, uh, I placed them into a solar company and they were like absolutely over the moon. Um, the area that they were in was like FP&A, which can be very transferable. So like, let's face it, there are some uh, jobs that are a bit more transferable, like to get into the industry. FP&A is FP&A, <laughs> regardless of like what company you work at, right? Like accountancy is accountancy. Um, and what was really funny is, um, so the hiring manager at the time um, had hired me to find someone for, for another opportunity and really wanted um, someone who was diverse, but from the industry. And so I said to him, you know, I'm just curious, like, what about someone diverse, like not from the industry? Like, wouldn't that make like a way bigger impact? Because otherwise you're just taking one diverse person 
from one solar company and you're take, pulling them with another solar company. And that's great, but new, like we're not netting diversity, I say, I call it. So he's, he said to me, okay, I'll make a deal with you. The next role, I promise you, we're only going to interview candidates, not for, diverse candidates, not from the industry. Anyway, long story short, he hired this person, the, the, the person started and absolutely blew them away. There was a person that had been in the role for nine years and this person came in and like helped like improve process and procedure. Like, cause again, oil and gas is more mature. So like he had like a lot of, absolutely smashed it. And it just was such a great case study for, for myself, for the client, for the candidate that like, there's just so much value that these other more mature industries can bring into what's still a nascent industry. I mean, 20 years we've been around, like it's not very long. Yeah. <laughs> so, And it'll, it's continuing to grow, which is cool. And that's why mm -hmm. I think you're in such a good position to help people make those transitions and find those dream jobs. So like out of curiosity, mm -hmm. you know, when you're working with these companies that are hiring in your experience, um, what matters like the most? Is it, an educational background? Is it work experience? Is it personality traits? Is it um, their ambition and like goals that they want to accomplish? Like what, cause you just mentioned they didn't have a background, you know, specifically, but it was a perfect fit for what that company was looking for. Yeah. And I'm just curious, you know, for example, if a company here is hiring, like what should they look for to fill a role with that perfect um, applicant? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the situation. Like I was saying, like there are some roles where they want the experience, but then there are some other opportunities and I'm getting more and more opportunities where I'm not being asked for clean energy experience, which is really exciting. And those companies tend to look more for culture fit. So skills and attributes, uh, they like MBAs. I still get asked a lot for MBAs, not mandatory, not mandatory, but and it shouldn't be mandatory because it doesn't sit well with, again, going back to DEI and opening it up to lots of people when you start being um, exclusive rather than inclusive. But I do get asked for it. Um, and I think the other thing is, is technology. The space is becoming such a data-driven technology play. A lot of my clients are in the software as a service space. In, you know, I, I've just taken on a client that says it has a SaaS project specifically for hydropower. Like, I didn't even know that there was a SaaS play for hydropower. Apparently there is, and there's like a massive market for it in insurance. So, but my point is, is like, I think technology is definitely one of those things I get asked for a lot. So even on my marketing roles, can you use HubSpot? My sales roles, do they know how to use Salesforce? Like, you know, my analyst roles, how's their modeling experience? Do they know Tableau? Do they know, you know, so I get asked a lot for technology. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something to keep in mind. That's cool. That's interesting. Um, what are like, what are some tips that you could share for someone who's applying for jobs right now? Because I've gone through that process um, and I know how daunting it can be. I know how like depressing it can be when you're interviewing and you don't get that job. Um, are there any tips you have to maybe stand out or to like nail that interview or to just get in front of the right person um, and to give people who might be applying to jobs right now that like extra pep in their step or a little bit of hope? Yeah, I definitely think the most important thing is staying organized because, you know, you'll apply to a lot of stuff and you'll feel like you're really spending a lot of time to try and find something and you're not 
hearing back. And that's because maybe you need to contact them two times or three times. And it's hard for you to do that if you're not organized. Same thing with recruitment, right? Can't tell you the amount of times where I'm like, oh, I didn't follow up with him. And now he's at that job and I should have just followed up with him because I talked to him and why didn't I follow up with him? You know, like kicking yourself. Like you've got to be organized on where, what you're doing. Um, it's like you're running your little, your own business when you're trying to find a job. Um, I think the other thing is you, um, you know, I would keep it, I see a lot of very long resumes. So I would keep your resume short and sharp two pages max, same thing with LinkedIn. And I think that what you need to be careful of is that if you're coming from another industry, people don't, in our space, wouldn't necessarily know that industry, right? So for example, like I had a candidate yesterday and she had sort of, the, she'd worked five years for this company and then two years for this company, but all of it was sort of present. Like she was currently doing that. And I was so confused. It's like, how are you working at both companies? And then she explained it to me that they had merged and like, and, and I just think like, that's something like in her world, everyone knows mm-hmm. in my world, nobody knows who these companies are. So I think it's really important that you like let the industry know that you're going into what the current state of affairs is from the industry you're coming from. If you know what I, if you see what I mean, um, but what I will say is, um, you know, it, it like like I said previously, it is a numbers game. And so just to have faith that this might take six or nine months, but it will happen if you stay with it. I have so many success stories of people who've just um, stayed with it. And I just, I can't over underestimate the power of networking, 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 networking. You, you never know um, who you speak to by saying that you're interested in the clean energy space, who they may know. Like I'm working with someone at the moment, like she's a client of mine. She's also a friend of mine and her husband is an oil and gas. and He's looking to get into the space. So I'm trying to get him into the space. <laughs> like, you know, but it's just, you just have no idea who knows people. So it's always worth just letting everyone um, know what you're trying to do and what your goal is. People inherently want to help. Mm-hmm. I think. I agree. Yeah. I think, almost all the jobs I've ever gotten was usually through networking and just meeting someone where I've been like, Oh, I want to work in this space at an event or something. And they're like, Oh, I know someone, let me make an introduction. And usually those personal introductions go so much further than my opinion, you know, just shooting out emails or applications online. And, and I always equate uh, applying to jobs, like almost like dating or like sales. Like you might not get that sale that first time you might not find the perfect, you know, significant other that first time, that first date, but you just got to keep going day in, day out, and don't be afraid to get rejected and don't be afraid to shoot your shot a few different times, multiple times a day. And like you get a couple plates spinning and then eventually one of them works out. And then ultimately you have enough options where you can start to choose. Um, so again, it's like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to think, I was going to say as well, I think it's important to also keep the mentality of how you can help others. And so what I mean by that is like, when you're sending your resume, you should be tailoring it to every company and every job that you're going for. But you also should be thinking not me, 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 me. You should be like, what is it about this company? Like where I could add value. So like, could you imagine if you got on the phone with a hiring manager and you were like, I don't have experience in the space and I have a lot of varied experience 
But rather than me tell you about that, what is it that you are looking for, Mr. Hiring Manager? What is it that I can, add? like, where is it that you see gaps? Where is it that I could add value? Like, you know, it's it, it's probably like that sales one-on-one training, isn't it? But like, you know, finding that, that pain point and, you know, giving that, um, offering that, finding the need and offering the solution. I don't think enough people think like that. They think very much about themselves first. And I think when you flip it on its head like that, like you were saying about, you know, I'm helping others and so forth. I think it really, people are going to be quite impressed by that, I think. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was interviewing someone for my company about a month ago and that exact situation happened where they talked a lot about themselves. I was like, okay, cool. Like you're obviously, you know, qualified, but never once did they ask any questions about like, how can I help you? And I think um, that kind of opened up my eyes a little bit of just, you know, again, like ideally you want to provide value to where whoever is hiring you and, and help them grow and sort of having that mentality switch of just providing value versus just getting something out of it yourself. I think speaks a lot to potential hiring candidates. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's good to know. So anyone who is out there hiring, like just think about what can you bring to the table, you know, to these companies that you're potentially working with. Um, you mentioned LinkedIn. Is that like one of your recommended tools to, to connect with people and to um, reach out to people for potential jobs? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the number one way I like to work is referrals and networking. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes you got to get back to the old fashioned headhunting. And yes, so LinkedIn is invaluable for that. Um, I think things like making sure you have a photo on LinkedIn. I've had a lot of chats with people about this. People like to disagree with me, disagree with me all you like. The data shows <laughs> that you get contacted substantially more when you have a photo, make sure that it's a professional photo, which Mm -hmm. again, these things like sound so um, like obvious, but you'd be very, very surprised. Um, uh, Being clear about, like I said earlier, about when a job finished, when a job started, little things like making sure that the company that you work for, if they have a company page on LinkedIn, you are connected to it. So the logo comes up on your LinkedIn rather than just the gray boxes. Little things like that. It, it is a reflection of you. It's a reflection of your level to detail. Um, it is more important, in my opinion, than your resume because not everyone will see your resume. Mm-hmm. Everyone will see your LinkedIn. So it's very important. The other thing I will say is make sure your other social media is locked is on private (laughs) because I have candidates who've lost jobs because they have had interesting Facebook profiles. They've had interesting Instagrams. So you want to be very careful about what your message is on social media. Um, It's, uh, it's important that you display a professional demeanor Um, and try and get, the other thing I would say is try and get some recommendations. I never see recommendations like, I think it's so important when people have recommendations like testimonials from people, like it can even be like your professor or like a co- like a colleague that you worked with. But like, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's like people are missing a trick. Like there's something about when other people say positive things about you that I think really resonates with, uh, with hiring managers. 
And that's, that's really good information too. When it comes to recommendations, is it better to have like a written letter that you submit with a resume or is it just right on your LinkedIn kind of thing? I wouldn't include it in your resume. I would have it on your LinkedIn. So ask people, Hey, can you give me a recommendation on my LinkedIn? Cool. Yeah. Everybody watching, go to my LinkedIn and give me a recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, it like, it takes two secs and, and you, but you want to make sure that you have the like current ones. Mm-hmm. Like I had ones from like 10 years ago that I was like trying to delete on there. Cause I was like, nobody cares what I was doing in like 1995. Um, but like, I think you really want current ones, especially um, it, there is something every time I have a hiring process, I get asked for references mm-hmm. every single time, sometimes in the beginning, sometimes at the end, but they always come up. And it's not because someone doesn't like believe this is a good person. It's just because like, there's something about someone else saying what you're like. And it's really funny because I did three references for someone the other day. And I spoke to three people that this person had worked with at different companies at different periods of time. And they almost all were verbatim. It would almost have been like the same person I was, I was asking, but three different people. And it just showed me, I was like, boy, this is a good candidate because here are three individual people who literally said the exact same thing about him down to him being a good photographer and a funny guy, genuinely. So I just, I can't, overemphasize it enough, whether you're moving industries or whether you're getting into the industry, those kinds of things are super important. This has been amazing. Honestly, I feel like we all got like a crash course in applying for jobs and how to potentially hire and look for good applicants. So thank you so much. Um, what's a, one last question, because I know a lot of people talk about this and there's a lot of debate on it. You mentioned an MBA. Do you still think that's a worthy investment of someone's time to get an MBA if they want to go into sustainability, clean tech, renewable energy? I think you should get an MBA, but it needs to be specific. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is there are certain MBAs in my industry that are really, really held in high regard. Duke, Columbia, um, Wharton, And not just because these schools are excellent schools, they are, but because they have specific clean energy degrees Mm -hmm. that Johns Hopkins is another one that when that person graduates, if they don't have clean energy experience, that degree actually holds some weight that that company knows, well, they did the project finance course though at Johns Hopkins, so they might not have clean energy experience prior to that. But that's a tough course. It has a ton of modeling and a lot of case studies in clean energy. Like that's someone that I'm willing to like take a chance on to come in as an analyst. So I think it depends on the MBA. I wouldn't just do like an, a general MBA for the sake of doing an MBA, ticking a box. Yeah, I've had a lot of, because I've been considering going back and getting mine. And I'm fortunate enough to have a business where I own the business, so I don't necessarily need it, but I always think it's good to be continuing like, educating yourself and learning. And that's what a lot of people said is if you are going to go back, don't go back and get an, or don't get an MBA just for the sake of getting an MBA. Know what you want to do specifically with that and have like goals that you're going to accomplish with it after. So I think that's really good information. Um, Catherine, thank you so much. Seriously, this has been such good information what uh as we kind of slowly wrap things up what are some overall trends that you're seeing in just the general clean tech renewable energy sustainability industries that you know maybe someone who 
wants to transition into it in the next couple of years should kind of keep an eye on? Um, so I think EV is going, is going crazy. I think it's going to go um, even more crazy. I think there's going to be an enormous amount of opportunities um, coming up around not only, um, I think people think EV, they think cars. I actually think the opportunity for EV is like fleet electrification, um, uh, things like uh, trucks, uh, buses, that sort of thing. Uh, the other thing would be focus, continuing to look at that SaaS play I was talking about. The vast majority of companies I see that are really coming up um, have some sort of digital software as a service component within clean energy. Um, yeah, so those are the two. Oh, the other thing I would say is look at new technologies. Because like I was saying earlier, like hydropower, like I, twice this week I've gotten calls about hydropower. <laughs> okay, cool. It's like hydropower, like we're, we're off, like we're doing it, like let's do it. Because my thing is, is like we can talk about technologies all we like. We can talk about hydrogen. We can talk about all these like fancy technologies. But until they're on my desk, like until people are actually hiring these people, it's a, it, that's what it is. It's talk. Mm-hmm. And so I think the same thing with EV, like I've been talking about EV for a decade, but I've only just started, I've, I've placed people this year. In EV. Mm-hmm. That's the difference, right? Yeah, that's cool. And as you know, overall clean tech, renewable energy becomes more of a kind of like a talking point in the general public. I think people will start to see different industries and they're like, Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing, but that sounds interesting. For example, hydrogen, like I know that's becoming more and more of a talking point yeah. in the news, kind of like the mainstream media. And then that's when it's like, oh man, I'd never thought about that, but maybe I should look into that because that sounds something I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, man, that's super cool. And I know I have a lot of friends who are getting their MBAs right now. I have a lot of people who ask me about, um, you know, just kind of making career transitions and switching into this. And I'm definitely going to, you know, share this, uh, this conversation because it's been super valuable. Um, if anyone wants to reach out or has any questions for you, what's the best way to get in contact? I'm sure people will. Yeah, I was going to say, I just would like to do one plug for my video series called The Green Light, uh, where I interview clean energy leaders uh, about things like diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. Um, we talk about industry trends. We talk about mentorship, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's www.dylan-green.com slash videos. Um, and we're just in the process of moving all those videos onto a podcast format as well, which is going to be on iTunes, um, which I'm excited about because I'd rather be heard than seen. That's you know, very self-critical um, about the old video, as Dylan knows. Um, but yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, the best way is LinkedIn. Um, Catherine with a C, McLean, um, Dylan Green with a Y. Um, yeah, reach out. Catherine, thank you so much. That was amazing. Such good information and appreciate you sharing that. To everybody uh, tuning in, like I said before, we're going to just put together a list of all of these websites and YouTube channels um, and we'll include green light as well. I've seen a couple episodes and it's, it's really awesome. And Catherine, thank you for uh, thank you. taking the initiative to make that content too, because it's, it, it really does make a difference. Um, appreciate it. Anyone who has a, a question for Catherine, we'll include her contact information as well.